Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Health and Wealth Podcast with your hosts, Tim and Carter. What's trending in Richards? Carter Wilcoxie, founder of CSI Financial Group here with my co-host and former wealth advisor, Tim James, founder of chemicalfreebody.com and your new health advisor. This is the show where we reveal the connection between physical and financial abundance. Hey, welcome back in Richards. Carter Wilcoxon coming to you from um, phenomenal weather, Phoenix, Arizona. It is now officially season here. This is our Thanksgiving show. Um, I'm, I'm calling it that because it is the week of Thanksgiving for a little bit of a time spot, uh, time stop there, um, time stamp there. And I'm, I'm seriously so excited about our guest today. I've been trying to get this guy on our podcast um, and before I bring him in, but I've been trying to bring him on the podcast for probably a year and a half now since we since we really launched the podcast. But as is normal, I am joined by my fantastic Mr. Chemical Free Body himself, Tim James. Tim, my man, how are you? Hey, dude, doing good, doing awesome. Buildings getting the rest of the sightings going up today and tomorrow, which is cool or the underlayment at least. And, uh, we're getting really good weather. We're lucky. We got a snowstorm and then it evaporated in like three days and it's just been kind of dry and cold, a little bit of sun, a little bit of overcast. So that's good. Um, went to the Grange The we have a Grange down the hall or down the road here from us and took my mom and dad to the Grange for our, my dad wanted to go to a Grange meeting. So that was fun. Got them out of the house and, uh, all's good, man. Feeling healthy. Excited to talk to the enrichers today and hear Phil's story. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's phenomenal. I, and I know that that's been a, a a labor of love for you there, you know, taking care of, uh, you know, your folks and, you know, living basically right outside their home, you know, getting that all prepared. Um, and for you enrichers, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. Uh, if you're not watching, and if you haven't, uh, if you normally watch, that's great. If you're just listening, uh, Tim, looks like you're growing in your, uh, your winter fuzz there, huh? It's been that way for a while, man. Well, we haven't done a podcast recording <laughs> in it like three weeks. I know. So that's why I haven't seen it. No, I'm like, I'm like you now. <laughs> it's just easier to like buzz it than to shave. I just, it's like it, I'm like time hacking myself too. So shaving every day cause it's easier or I buzz myself every three, four days. That's even easier. It takes less time. So yeah. Totally, totally. I can show off more of my grays. <laughs> the old salt and pepper. Well, I mean, you know, Christina, she loves the salt and pepper. So that's, I, I, you know, I've, I used to grow my beard in the winter and then I'd shave it off in the summer. Obviously Phoenix gets 115 degrees, right? Yeah. So I'd shave it off in the summertime and uh, inevitably a couple things would happen. I would look younger and I would look thinner, right? By, by shaving that off. <laughs> but uh, Christina really started digging the salt and pepper as I was getting older. And now it's just, it's a permanent fixture. Yep, it is what it is. Awesome. Yeah, sure. Well, hey, and Richards, um, we are really excited about our guest today. Someone that has been a colleague of mine and um, really has has taught me a lot in the in the industry that we're in for almost two decades now. I want to go ahead and bring in from North Carolina, Phil Graham, the creator of the Beneficiary Liquidity Plan. Phil, how are you doing, my man? Excellent. Thanks, Carter. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. It's, it's really my pleasure, seriously. And, uh, and I mean that, you know, I've, I've talked with you since we launched the podcast, which we have, I think almost 80 episodes launched now. I can't even believe that we've launched 80 episodes, one a week. 
That's how uh, persistent we've been with that. But, you know, I've really been wanting to get you on the podcast, but we were just talking recently, and I know we're going to get more in-depth in the second segment uh, about some things that are coming up with you that I'm very excited about for you and for our partnership. But as is traditional, we want to go ahead and get the backstory, right? We want to hear, our enrichers want to hear, what was it that brought Phil Graham into the financial services arena? So without uh, any further delay, share away, Phil Graham. You know, Carter, I, I, it has a lot to do with luck and maybe dumb luck. Um, you know, coming out of college, wanted a job, would have loved to work with my friends. It just so happened that my best friend from college, their family had a, a startup you know, annuity distribution company. And I didn't even know what that was, right? Like I was getting out of college, like what's an annuity? <laughs> and, but all I knew was I wanted to work with my best friend. And so whatever that meant, I was willing to take that job. You know, can I pay my basic apartment rent and my little car payment? And do I get to work with my best friend? Everything else at that point in time didn't matter to me. So that's why I call it luck because I did it solely because I wanted to work with my friend. You know, you fast forward 25 years and I couldn't imagine doing anything else. You know, being in this industry, it's obviously evolved a lot as you've seen. You've evolved your your business. I've evolved mine, you know, but fulfilling, you know, that, that, that spot that an advisor has to not only serve the financial advisor, who's really, you know, our clients, but ultimately serving their, their client, the consumer as well. What I feel like when I can you know, have a service or a product that, that everybody involved is being taken care of, you know, that's what keeps me in this business and really gets me excited. Yeah, it's uh, it is. There's no doubt. It's it's uh, it's awesome. So, I don't know if um, if you can remember back to the the time when we first met. Uh, but do you do you have any like stories of what you can remember on how you know we were you know we were quasi competitors, right? Uh, competing after the same types of advisors and everything, and and then you know we became. Um, uh, colleagues and friends. And now here we are, you know, uh, almost two decades later, having you on the podcast. I mean, what I remember Carter is that you and I were, were qualifying for the same trips or, or fun things that we got to do. And you were always on stage getting trophies for some of the carriers because you were at the top of the list. So that's what I remember kind of seeking you out then and going, okay, I'm doing a lot of business. You're doing a lot of business, but in one particular product, you were doing a lot more than just about everybody else. And so I'm like, okay, I want to know what this guy's doing because I'm not doing that much business in that particular product. So what's he saying? Who's he targeting? Like I wanted to learn. And I think that's probably where it started. And then we probably started having fun and it just, you know, here we are today, more you know, friends and still, comparing notes and, and talking about, you know, you know, how are you building out the trust company and how are you protecting assets? And, you know, we're going to talk later about how passionate I am about, you know, making sure that advisors retain assets when they go to the next generation. So you and I still 
even though we're doing completely different things than we were 15 years ago, actually you're still solving a lot of the same problems together using uh, similar tools. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I, you know, I remember uh, for sure. I think the first time I, I physically met you, um, you were in the office of the, uh, the, the company that I formerly worked for. Right. And uh, you know, you and I both know who that was. And I just remember having a conversation with you and then you're exactly right. I remember you reaching out to me and I've been a fan of this word collaboration way before collaboration was like a, a, a thing, right? Where it was cool. Cause I knew that there was plenty to go around. And when I say plenty, obviously our ideal clients that we're after, right? There are those independent advisors that are out there. Um, there's plenty, right? I mean, there, there's a plethora of them. It, it's not really competing against, you know, one another, even though we're, we uh, we were at the time, but I do, I remember you seeking me out and us having a conversation and uh, you know, we were simpatico from, uh, from the beginning. Yeah. And I, I, for some reason I'd always operated in that fashion where I always had, you know, friendly competitors, people that I were friends with that a lot of people considered competition. But like you said, Carter, I've always felt like there's enough business to go around. I live in a world of abundance, not scarcity. And so if you have that abundance mindset, it's not, you're not worried about, you know, someone that's like-minded, you know, taking your clients or losing market share, the knowledge that you can gain from sharing and then also receiving um, far outweighs you know, any risk of you know, market share. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, well, let's do this, Phil. I, I actually want the, uh, the enrichers to get a sense of where you come from. So talk a little bit about, you know, your, your background, you know, what it was other than just the, the friendship, like, you know, where you went to college, um, you know, family and stuff like that. Share a little bit about that with us, if you don't mind. You know, I, you know, I think it had some impact on my life. I went to four different elementary schools in four different states, and I was really shy as a as a child, which sometimes people find hard to believe if they know me now. But, I mean, it, you can ask my mom. It was true. I was super shy. I think just changing schools, you know, it wasn't until, like, we moved at the end of fourth grade, then middle school, they combine a bunch of schools and it's kind of like you're meeting new people all the time. Um, went to Appalachian state. Um, I grew up in Asheville, like fourth grade on, and I couldn't pass business calculus to get into the college of business. Um, or let me rephrase it. I didn't want to put the effort in to, to figure out how to pass. I just did, wasn't enjoying it. So I changed my major uh, to communication with a minor in business, but I ended up doing a, a triple concentration in organizational, interpersonal, and public communication with a minor in business. And through that experience, like I didn't realize how passionate I was about understanding, you know, verbal and nonverbal communication, understand the complexities, you know, get into some of the psychology side knowing that if I wanted to be in some type of sales, that communication may be more important to me than a marketing or finance background. You know, I, I've learned to hire out a lot of those roles that aren't my, my strengths. Um, right out of college, graduated in 97, January of 98, I started in the industry and 
<laughs> no computers back then. It was literally like I call it a church table. You know, the ones where like the the, the legs open out, you know, <laughs> and I had a phone, a ruler, a pencil, a highlighter and was just making calls. Literally had no idea what I was doing. I made zero sales my first year. Wow. Now, I called thousands of agents and financial advisors, but I got in zero business. Ironically, we did as a company, we did $12 million of annuity sales that first year. Now, a, a pretty good advisor today is doing 12 million or more of annuities and assets under management as an entire IMO or whatever we weren't even called that back then. We did $12 million of sales. Um, you know, fast forward 2001, we did about 120 million in sales. By 2005, we were at 500 million. 2007, 8, we were at a billion. 2000, I don't remember the exact number, 14, 15, like 2 billion. And then when I sold out as a partner after 20 years, we were doing about 2.3 billion a year of new sales. So we'd grown from 12 million to almost two and a half billion over a 20 year period of time. Um, you know, the industry was, was growing. Um, we kind of rode that wave. So like we can't take full credit for like, we grew from 12 million to two and a half billion. Well, the whole industry was, we were riding that wave again, back to the, the luck. I worked really hard. The team worked really hard. So we're not taking that away, but the whole industry was growing and the whole, you know, everything that you and I were involved in was growing, you know, 10, 20% a year. And I live by the philosophy. If you're not growing more than your industry, you're actually going backwards. <laughs> so like if the industry's up 25% and you grew 20, well, you didn't actually grow. You went down 5%. Yeah. Um, you know, and been in you know Lake Norman area of North Carolina outside of Charlotte for since 1998. So it's like 23 years now. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't imagine living anywhere else. I couldn't imagine doing anything else other than, you know, serving advisors and, and their clients. Yeah. Um, and you know what, you hit the, the nail on the head. Uh, I love that, that idea about, you know, riding the wave, the industry, right. And, and it was, you know, it was very providential, much in the same vein as it was providential. The fact that how I even got into the industry in the first place was I was a caddy for the guy who, you know, co-founded, you know, that distribution model. Right. And, uh, you know, you, you've got to have a little bit of luck in anything that you do. But then, uh, you know, I, I feel the same exact way. I couldn't imagine doing anything else like the the uh, the amount of benefits that that we provide and the amount of solutions we provide and being able to ultimately create these like win 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 scenarios um it's it really helps with that purpose driven life you know that that anybody really wants to have and and I know you've got that in spades much like I do well you could be the greatest business person salesperson in the world but if you're in a a shrinking industry with terrible margins how successful can you really be and so again I, this wasn't pre-calculated on, on my part, just happened to get into an industry with good margins. It, we were in the early stages back in 98 where it was new. There wasn't a ton of competition at the time. And we worked really hard, had a lot of great ideas, and that 
you know, kind of multiplied our, our success. And so I don't want that to diminish the success, but I do want to, you know, I I'm, I'm very honest with myself about what was my participation in that huge growth that the, that the industry had. Yeah. And that, uh, and that ultimately led you to where you were at today. Right. And I know that, um, we're going to be probably talking about that here in a second. Tim, do you have anything that you want to ask or share since, you know, uh, Phil and I have been in the same industry together for almost, you know, two decades and, you know, close compatriots? Well, I think I'll save my questions for the next segment because it's time to take a break. And um, and then we're going to find I, I from my standpoint, I, I've got some questions for you, Phil. Uh, one of them will be fun and we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Estate planning. What does that even mean? When the inevitable happens for everyone on this planet, your estate plan kicks into action. But first, let's start with what an estate is. An estate is simply everything you own. Now, here's the issue and what needs to be understood when this event occurs. You only have two choices on this plan. Number one, either you plan how your estate gets handed out and distributed to those you leave behind. Or number two, your state decides who gets everything you own. For the first time ever, you can now take complete and total control of this plan that you've been deprived of for most of your life and generations before you. You can get personalized assistance along the way with a team of specialists whose job it is to make sure you have true peace of mind. It's important to understand that estate planning is a journey and rest assured that our team will be available to you all along the way and at every step. Welcome to eState Plan home of the last estate plan you'll ever need. To learn more, make sure to reach out to your local advisor licensed with us or go to our website for more information. What's up, Enrichers? Tim James here. I am back with my co-host, Carter Wilcoxon. Today in the house, we've got Phil Graham, one of Carter's longtime friends and business associates. So my first question is, what does it say? What's that, that sign behind you? You can't read the whole thing, Phil. The people who tried to bury you didn't know you were a seed. <laughs> That's awesome. I couldn't make out all of it, but I was like, I saw a seed, and I'm all into growing things and stuff, so I figured it was probably profound. Yeah, it's just a reminder. People, anybody anybody that, that tries to bury you, if you're a seed, you just grow You grow from that. Yeah. I actually, I for some reason, I don't know if it's just like growing up low-income, middle-class on a dirt road, literally. Um, and now I have gravel on it. Very excited. Um, so my shoes, my truck doesn't get so dirty. But um, when somebody tells me I can't do something, then it's literally like f that fires me up more than anything. It's like, well, really? I can't? Oh, okay. Well, watch this. You yeah, know, I'll show you. So it's it's kind of like you are a seed and they just dumped a bunch of healthy manure on you. That's right. And everybody's like, oh, he just got shit on. Well, guess what? You know, out of that out of that manure you can you can grow trees and plants and stuff and feed feed the world so um pretty exciting stuff okay so in layman's terms why don't you explain uh, to myself and the guests like you know what you do on a daily basis to help people yeah so i you know i came from the annuity life insurance investment world um i i saw this statistic that got me excited tim and it was you know there's $68 trillion transferring hands over the next 25 years. Now, uh, UBS just did a report last week. This is three years after the report that I originally saw. 
that says it's 80 trillion with a T trillion, 80 trillion. They will be transferring hands from one generation to the next. Well, as a former uh, annuity person, I loved money in motion. Like I needed money to be moving in order for me to, to get paid. So I got excited by that. I'm like, man, that's a lot of money transferring hands. But then the next statistic I saw is one that scared me. And it's 66% of beneficiaries fire their parent's advisor immediately upon inheriting wealth. Now, again, that's from wealthmanagement.com. UBS says it's 80% fire their parent's advisor. Vanguard says it's 95%. But regardless of what the number is, it's a lot. And most advisors would agree. And if 66% of the assets you manage starts walking out the door, you can't refill that proverbial bucket fast enough, right? So money's going out faster than you can bring it in. That's not a good business model for financial advisors. All right, well, why? Well, the easy answer is, and any advisor will pretty much agree to this, is that they don't have a relationship with the inheriting generation. Okay, why not? Well, could be geographic. Kids live in a different area. Could be um, they're not the financial advisor's ideal client. Or the, the real answer we get from a lot of advisors, well, they're just too busy and they just haven't had time to deal with it. But they agree they need a relationship. So I'm going to talk about how, how we solve that problem. But then I dug a little bit, bit further, Tim, and I truly believe one of the main reasons that the beneficiaries fire the advisor is the death claims process. So mom passes away. The kids call the financial advisor and go, you know, hey, Phil, mom just passed away. And almost every financial advisor, again, agree that they say about the exact same thing. We're so sorry for your loss. We loved your mother. She was a great client. Let us know if there's, any, if there's anything we can do for you. And almost immediately, the beneficiaries are going to go, well, yeah, Phil, we need money. We got to cover the funeral. We got to, I got to buy plane tickets to fly family in. We got celebration of life. We got these attorney bills. We, we need money. You're the advisor. We need money. Can any financial advisor get the beneficiaries access to their inheritance in less than 48 hours after mom passes away? No, they can't. They can't. Why not? What piece of paper, other than a claims form, do you need to start the process to get access to money? Power of attorney. Power of attorney yeah, dies when they die. And we'll get to death that certificate. They need a death certificate. Now, I always ask people, do you know how long it takes to get a certified copy of a death certificate? Because most people don't know unless they've had to deal with it. But what's interesting about that question is it changed after COVID. You used to be able to drive down to the courthouse, wait in line, maybe get it expedited from the state capitol or something. Well, everything now has gone online, which one would think would speed up the process. But right now, you can go to the Texas Public Health and Human Services website, look up online processing, and it says 25 business days for electronic processing. I think California might say six months now. It takes 
weeks, if not longer, to get a death certificate today. Now, that's assuming that there's a known cause of death, that the that the the, you, they were the, the coroner was able to sign off on the cause of death. You know, they're not doing autopsies or anything else. They could drag it on for even longer. And here's here's a trick question. You know, Prince died with hundred plus million dollar estate. And Carter, I know you know the answer, so you you can't. I don't get to participate. Okay. Tim, do you know who paid for Prince's funeral? I I don't. I'm sure you can guess it was not his family. Otherwise, my story wouldn't work. It was not the state of Minnesota. It was the family friend, actor and comedian George Lopez gave Prince's family $20,000 to bury him. Why? Because they couldn't get to any money. Now, one of the sad parts about that is I didn't know Prince personally, but I'm pretty sure $20,000 wouldn't cover the budget of a funeral that Prince would have wanted. Just saying. But I believe that this same thing happens every day in America. But instead of it being George Lopez and Prince, it's one of the financial advisor clients passes away. One of the family members is deemed more successful than the others. They get stuck paying the bills. They never get reimbursed. And now Thanksgiving's awkward. And what breaks my heart is that the majority of the time there was money there that mom or dad or whoever passed away thought they'd set aside for the kids to use. They just didn't understand the process. And so it caused a burden to the family. So is this where all roads lead back to a a trust? Well, partially, and I'll get into that, but all roads now lead back to the beneficiary liquidity plan. So with the beneficiary liquidity plan, what clients loved him is that they don't have to make premium payments or buy more of anything. They already have money. We can only work with clients that have some sort of asset. They don't have to be rich. They just have to have to have money. We help them determine the minimum that their family's going to need for that 30, 45, 60 days while the estate's tied up. We look at all their assets, figure out where we want to allocate it from, and we simply shift it from their left pocket to their right pocket. It's still their money. But now, on one of the worst days of their family's life, the day they pass away, it's not a burden because we don't require a death certificate to pay out the full death claim tax-free at death. So clients love us because we're just taking the money they'd already earmarked and making sure it's set up properly to eliminate the burden for their family. And where it works with estate planning is, you know, most of estate planning, you know, we talk about, you know, annuities and life insurance. Well, they require a death certificate. I love annuities and I love life insurance, but they don't create liquidity. You mentioned power of attorney. What most people don't know, and there's no reason they would know, the power of attorney dies when the client dies. The power of attorney ceases to exist when the person who put the power of attorney in place is no longer alive. Carter and I talk about a lot about living trust. I love living trust as an estate planning tool. 
but you need a death certificate in order to start the process to put the successor trustee in place. So great planning tool for tax purposes and all the things, but it doesn't create immediate liquidity for the family. We talk about titling accounts with TOD, POD, transfer on death, payable on death, bank accounts, investment accounts, which I highly recommend. But what piece of paper do you need to take to any financial institution to start the process? A death certificate. So they avoid probate, but your family can't access the bank account that's set up as transfer on death until they get a death certificate. And so we go through all these things and we go, your family, of course, can figure it out without a beneficiary liquidity plan. Because for generations, people figured it out. But Carter and I talk about this all the time. But my definition of figuring it out means that your family had stress, arguments, disagreements, maybe short-term, long-term financial hardship. Empathy.com just did a research report for us. Only one in seven families had access to funds when their loved one passed away. And over 50% of families went into debt or had to liquidate their own assets to cover final expenses for their family. That is some scary numbers. And so what we do with the Beneficiary Liquidity Plan, we help financial advisors go back to their existing clients, set aside just a little bit of money, and then we created something called the Hero Bridge. The Hero Bridge is how we teach the advisor to reach out to the beneficiaries on delivery, and then we have an automated annual communication that goes out to the beneficiaries about the advisor and the money that is available. Ah, you start building a relationship. You start teaching them how to build a relationship. And then on top of that, now when mom passes away, the financial advisor is the only one showing up with money, and we've made them the hero. So now we have a relationship. Now we showed up with money. I just dramatically increased the probability of maintaining those assets when that loved one passes away versus them walking out the door. And that's all I do all day, every day, is help advisors bridge that gap, not only for their families, but bridge that gap for them maintaining those assets. And I think Carter's super passionate about that with the estate plan and everything he's built out. The beneficial liquidity plan just fits right in, and we're having like the same conversations. It is just another tool that helps advisors, you know, help families and retain the assets. Yeah, well, and I think that was a really good summation of that. I totally get it, and it's it's kind of a no brainer. Carter, do you have that in your suite of products as as of right now? Yeah, so so what I'm really excited about, and I don't know, um, Phil, if you want to sort of allude to some of the digital, you know, onboarding process is going to make it even simpler uh, as we, you know, as the beginning of the year is uh, very exciting, I, I know, for both of us. And and one of the things that that we just added as part of the ESA plan portfolio, like we, ha- we have an entire list of all the stuff that comes with it. The very last line item is TBD, Beneficiary Liquidity Plan, to be determined. So we are actually on the front end educating clients on this is the final piece that at some point in this onboarding process, we are going to allocate a percentage or a dollar amount. We don't know what it is yet, but we are going to do that. 
as the final piece of your estate plan portfolio. Because if somebody is already going through the estate planning process, A, they have at least a little bit of money. <laughs> and B, they care about their family enough that they're going through the process to put it in place. So if they have a little bit of money and they care about their family, surely they don't want it to be a burden in their family not being able to access fifteen, twenty thousand dollars when they pass away, especially if it doesn't cost them anything. It's just allocating the money. They're not buying more inheritance. It's money they already have. We just shift it over and set it up properly. And so we're going completely digital next year. We're fully digital application process, but also fully digital claims process where we want to make this easy, but it integrates seamlessly into the estate plan, where if an advisor is going through the estate planning process, like Carter said, it's the final piece to the estate plan by just you go through everything and boom, you just add this on as the last piece. Awesome. There you go. I'm I'm actually blown away. I think that's a really awesome service. It's it's very needed. Um, I, you know, just recently a friend of mine's uh, dad passed away and you know, once again, uh, last minute, like he was in the hospital signing will documents and stuff, didn't even get a trust in place. And then like uh, one of the family members, one of their children, like was like, I need to go buy the house and get the gun. And dad wasn't even dead yet. And then took a whole bunch of guns and just just started doing weird shit. And it's like, so I just think it's a good idea. And then you're right. The one guy um, or the one um, uh, family member that had the most financial success ended up being the one that was like coordinating everything and trying to talk to the brothers and sisters and all that stuff. And he called me and it was just like beside himself. Cause this one sibling was just went gunny sack and was just like, you know, I mean, create like went crazy and they couldn't even believe it's the same person. All of a sudden, yeah, dad wanted me to have this and dad wanted me to have that. And, and then if you don't do it, then there's going to be hell to pay. Like, you know, it's one stuff. of the most emotional times for a family just because they lost their loved one. And so it can be a triggering event. And unfortunately, you see the worst in people. So the last thing you do is you want in your family fighting over who's covering all these expenses when the money's there. We take that burden off the executor or whoever's in charge where they at least know they're not trying to get reimbursed from, you know, someone that's kind of gone off the rails a little bit because – but he may never get reimbursed. And and even if he can financially weather that, that's going to create tension, even more tension amongst yeah. the siblings. And I can assure you that the majority of the time, that is not what the what dad wanted. He thought everything was going to be, oh, there's money in the bank, there's this and that. Well, nobody realizes they can't get to it. So part of it is us getting out in front of this before people pass away. And just allocating the money in advance. And again, dad already thought, oh, this 25 grand is what they're going to use. But dad didn't know they wouldn't be able to get to it. And that's the problem that we solve. Awesome, man. The beneficiary liquidity plan. It's an awesome service. It's an awesome tag on to what Carter's doing. So we're going to take another break, guys. When we get back, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about the health stuff now that uh, you and you and Carter, have, Phil, have protected uh, people's wealth, especially on transfer of death. We'll be right back. You want the absolute best for yourself, and you want it to be easy. 
That's why we created Green 85. It helps with detoxifying the body gently. We're proud it's chemical-free, unlike almost all other supplements you'll find. Bottom line, Green 85 will get you healthier. We look forward to hearing what Green 85 did for you. To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Enrichers? Tim James here. I'm back with my co-host, Carter Wilcoxon. Today in the house, we have Phil Graham. He's the creator of the Beneficiary Liquidity Plan. If you just listened to the last segment, now you know about it, and so do I. And uh, very exciting stuff, Phil. Um, very exciting stuff. I'm I'm really happy to know about it, and I'm going to – I want to – Carter, I want to add that to my mom and dad's, and um, I know I got to get my plan in place too. Yep. So we'll be doing that because I purchased the farm from them and – all that jazz. So, okay, Phil, this is the part in the, uh, on our podcast and this show where we flip the script and you just get to ask me any question that you have about your health, public health, health of a friend or family member, whatever, what you got. Well, how much, like, we have a trainer come to the house three times a week mm -hmm. and, you know, trying to lose weight and have cut a lot of calories and, you know, there's so much information online. Everything contradicts itself. Like if you wanted to believe that eating carrots makes you blind, you can find an article that talks about eating carrots would make you blind. <laughs> Is calorie intake like a main factor in, in weight loss or, you know, someone that's fairly active that's wanting to lose weight? Like what are some of the key things in addition to exercise that they can be doing? Well, I think when people, you know, focus specifically on on calorie counting, you're that's kind of missing the big picture. And the big picture is because those calories that are entering your mouth um are an input to your system. So the big question is is what is the quality of those inputs? What are the quality of those calories? Um were they grown in nutritious soil? that was dense with nutrients or was it grown in nutrient deficient soil? Like most soils today, missing 85% of the nutrients. Um, were those calories processed? Were they stripped of their nutrition and then enriched with synthetic vitamins like they do in children's cereals as a prime example? Um, were those, were those inputs um, fried at high temperatures, cooked at high temperatures, pasteurized 190 degrees to kill bad pathogens, right? All this stuff. Um, irradiation, which happens to potatoes, right? They they hmm. irradiate them so they don't grow. It's called desputting, but it's basically a nuclear cooking of the food. Uh, microwaving the food is another example of radiation. So how far away from nature are those calories? What's happened in between, you know, the seed growing and the harvest and the processing and getting it to the grocery store? And then what did you do to it before you consume that calorie? So that would be a very first question. There's um, a lot. <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot going on there because, you know, what you eat does matter. It's going to, you know, your inputs. In fact, my shirt says ingredients matter, and they sure, they sure as heck do. The closer your food and your calories are to nature, you know, the healthier you're going to be, the fresher foods. So for us, we have a lot of people coming to us for weight loss 
And um, I'm like, yeah, we can help you. There's no, no question. We'll, we'll, we can, we've helped a lot of people with weight loss, no question. But when you come here as your major, major focus of weight loss, what they, don't, what they realize is that the weight gain is a byproduct of an unhealthy system. That's what it really is. Your, your, your system is basically saying it's like a check engine light flashing. You're driving your nice new car and the light goes on. You're like, oh, shit, I got to get this thing into the shop <laughs> because if I don't, I could have a big bill, right? Especially if you got a Mercedes, it's going to be a big bill anyway, but it could be really big, right? What if I let this keep going? It's like, wow, it's just like brakes is a perfect example. When your brakes start getting down to a certain amount, you want to change the brake pads because if you don't, they go away and then it starts eating into the calipers and you destroy them. Then you got to fix the brake pads and the calipers and then you just doubled your bill. Yes. So, you know, being prevention. So when you, if you notice that you're overweight, you basically, it's your lifestyle, right? Some things are going to have to change in your lifestyle. It's like a big flashing red light. See, for me, I was overweight, 42 pounds, flashing red light. I had eczema on my elbows and my knees, another skin issue, flashing red light. My energy was down, flashing red light. I wasn't sleeping well. I was pooping blood. You know, all these are like check engine lights. And I just kept going through the motions and I hope that goes away. And, you know, trying a few little things, trying juicing here and there and did it wrong and trying calorie restriction. And then I freaked out. Well, so for us, when somebody comes to me and they're like, hey, I want to lose weight, I'm like, we'll help you do that. But the weight loss or the weight gain, whatever you're trying to do, is going to be a byproduct of you learning how to take care of your car, your body, your system. And the first thing is detoxing and cleaning it up. We have to clean up the mess that's already accumulated inside of you in your gastrointestinal tract. You can go lift all you want, do all the cardio you want, even do yoga, but and that stuff will help, but it's not going to solve your problem, right? Because you still have the same inputs. You probably aren't, you know, the foods that are going in, the drinks, the time you go to bed, the time you wake up, the quality of the air that you're breathing in your home, the quality of the water that you're, that you're drinking, uh, personal care products that you're putting on your face, your skin, your deodorant. All these things need to take need to be taken a look at because what we found is that every single child being born today is completely loaded with at least 180 cancer causing chemicals. And we've we, I share this all the time. When you're done with this interview, go check this out. Type in your browser umbilical cord chemical, umbilical cord chemical, and you'll see that there's like 212 chemicals in the umbilical cord when children are born that cause developmental and brain disorders, and like I said, almost 200 for cancer. So some guys like us that are in our 50s and beyond, we've had more time to bioaccumulate these toxins in the cell and in the fat and the muscle tissue. So your fat tissue actually um, will not release at some level because it's storing toxic chemicals to prevent them from killing you. That's hmm. at the level we're at today, but you can't see it. It's microscopic, so you, it's out of sight, out of mind. That's where your cells are constipated. Bill, just like everybody else's, there's a buildup of toxins on the cell. It's like they're carrying around a backpack and the backpack's leaking toxins into the cell. All of them, they have trillions of backpacks inside of you. So your job as the operator of the system is to get the education on this, get the awareness and start taking action. We have to clean up the digestive tract and remove the on, on average six to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material. It's disease causing, it's, it's highly acid, low oxygen area, perfect breeding ground for harmful organisms. Viruses, bacteria, mold, yeast, fungus, parasites, mutagens, cancers, all this stuff. And you want to you want to start alkalizing the body, charging the body with oxygen, and then we st we have to start cleaning up the cells. 
We have to reduce inflammation on the cells. We have to hydrate the cells. We have to get a good fat membrane around the cells. And all this is very easy to do. It's actually very simple to do. Getting the river flowing again in the body, the blood flowing, getting it out to dormant capillaries, uh, getting oxygen and nutrients and flooding the body with nutrients. And some of those nutrients are just being kind to yourself and not being so hard on yourself if you do have a piece of cake. We'll really enjoy it. But then, you know, keep focusing on where you're headed, you know. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot, a, lot, a lot of things here, but I, I think the bottom line is for somebody that wants to lose weight, there's, there's a bigger answer here. There's a, why are you overweight in the first place? So we have to look at stress, number one. Uh, do you have any stress? <laughs> Probably a little bit. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. you know, it's my first question, I, I feel like it's, it's normal now. So, like, I don't even, notice, right. but I'm sure well, my body notices, but I don't notice because that my barometer's gone through the roof on what's, what I think is stressful. Yeah, so this is the first thing, and guys have this thing called ego, and it's bigger than usually a woman's ego. So getting getting over that and getting through that is a um, is some work that needs to be done. And when you do, and you have strategies to reduce your stress on a daily basis, because your body is going to go into fight or flight no matter what. I mean, this is the level we're at. So go back two thousand years, and you grab somebody and you time warp them, and you're going seventy five miles an hour down highway I whatever it is, right freeway. What's going to happen if that person's transported into a car going 75 miles an hour? Well, they might have a heart attack. They're yeah. going to freaking freak out because human beings are not supposed to go 75. I mean, maybe a cheetah can get close to that, but we, we, we can run maybe, you know, 20 miles an hour or something. So they're going to freak out. Their, their system is going to have stress on it, like it or not. Just the act of driving a car can be stressful, right? Our daily lives are stressful. There's EMF stress, financial stress, family stress career stress, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of stresses going on. And if people don't have a meditation practice, a way to a breath work practice, a place to center and ground the nervous system, there's different ways to do this, but it's all about taking your nervous system and getting it out of fight or flight and putting it back into rest and digest mode. Our daily activities, the way the modern world is, automatically shoves everybody into fight or flight pretty much. If you don't have strategies, which are not hard, it's just you wake up in the morning and instead of picking up your phone and getting on social media and see how many people died last night and how bad everything is and all cancer, you just like, you take time for yourself. You nourish yourself. You go inward. You get set up for the day. You get, you, you, you get, you stay, you become the eye in the, in, in this, in the storm, right? And then in the, you're just calm. And then you can go back to that. You can use your breath work before you eat to calm down. You can use it anytime you're stressed. You can go for walks in nature, you know, hanging out with people that you love that support you. All these things are de petting cats and dogs. They're great. They're freaking awesome. Their animals are really good for people because a lot of people have given up trust on humans. So they, that's why they will do a lot more for their pets, right? You see, probably yeah. seen some people in a given grandma gave away 2 billion to the, to her cat. And it's like, <laughs> what's going on here? Right. Well, the cat never hurt her. Right. She might have scratched her if somebody dropped something and she was on her lap. But other than that, the cat was always always there. Loving her, giving her pets and purring. So, like I said, it's it's the whole health thing with health, man, is like we have to do things to mitigate our stress. We have to cellularly detox. We have to clean up the gut. And then we start flooding the body with true nutrients, things, the nutrients that were missing in the soil, phytochemicals certain bacteria that are missing in the gastrointestinal tract and voila 
the human frame comes back to life and we start back on our evolutionary path because right now we're actually de-evolving as a species. So if you have a check body light going on right now, you are on a de-evolutionary path with your health and your life. So the question is, is then do I want to back to evolution or I don't want to de-evolve? I mean, that's where we're literally at today because this is really a, a crime against humanity where our generations now are 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 getting so sick and so chemically polluted for everything. If you're sick, you go get a chemical. If you want to get joyful, you have a chemical, alcohol. If you're depressed, you take a chemical. It's like chemical, 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 chemical. Everything's a chemical. And that next generation is going to be less than what we are. That is the crime against humanity that's happening right now because adults need to wake up and start, um, you know, working class need, people need to wake up and start taking charge of their life and their health and for future generations because the system is broken and it's apparent. All people have to do is look around. This isn't just Tim saying, oh, it's broken and it's a conspiracy. No, we're the sickest we've ever been on the in the entirety time that humans walk this planet and we supposedly have the best you know medicine and all this other stuff now it's there's a lot of there's a lot of broken systems so we have to take the reins just like people have to do with their finances or every any other aspect of their life they have to take the reins and and freaking get the job done and not count on other people to do it yes you can hire people that have the results you want learn from them and have that group around you but at the, at the end of the day what time you go to bed, what time you wake up, and what you put in your mouth is up to you. Yeah, so it's really a lifestyle. It's not any one thing. It's not just the food. It's not just the exercise. It's not just the mindset or your environment. It's literally your entire lifestyle to truly be healthy needs to be healthy. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's really simple. Like if you wanted to have I, – I do an exercise with my co coaching clients when I bring them on. It's like – I want you to write out your ideal life, and it's very simple. It takes about four hours uh, for most people, and you just write out your ideal day because your ideal life actually boils down to a day because that's all we have. Right now, this is all we have. Right, right. now, right now, right now. There's nothing else. There's no past. There's no future. Those things don't exist. The only thing that exists is the present moment. So what's your ideal day? Where would you wake up? Would you wake up in the mountains? Would you wake up on the beach? Who would you wake up with? Um. You know, would would they wake up and tell you you're a piece of crap or would you, would you want them to wake up and say, good morning, I love you, right? Um, what would you drink? What would you, would you do yoga? What would you, what would your I, ideal day be like, right? And you just map that out from the time and your ideal day actually starts from your nighttime routine. So you got to map, map that out too. What preparing to go to bed, calming down, getting in so you can, you know, your body can produce melatonin. You can slip into your circadian rhythms very quickly and you're getting that deep, restive restorative sleep REM sleep you're going to wake up at what time you map out your whole day and there you go and then you look at your ideal day versus your day today and what it looks like and then you just start making changes little changes little baby changes and over six months a year two years you know usually between six months and two years depending on the speed that you want to go you can totally change your life and it wasn't painful it was pretty simple it was easy well, it, like um, it actually it, got you to where you wanted to be not miserable, but no, I'm now living the life that I actually designed as my ideal life and I'm healthier for it. I guess you would call it health planning. I don't know if you guys can yes, relate to that I like concept. That. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's oh, yeah. right in line with, you know, you got to have 
healthy finances, you got to have a healthy lifestyle. I mean, I think in order to have a quality life and a long, enjoyable life, you need to have your financial plan in order, but you need to have your health plan in order also. Yeah. And if we look at like Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, I'm sure you guys have read it. Um, Do you remember when they went to Middletown, America, and they did that study that was like $2 million or or equivalent back then? It was like, I don't know, they spent 30, 40 grand or something. And they interviewed the whole town, asked them like 600 questions. And the number two answer was like how to how to relate with people and how to communicate. And you talked about that earlier, communication, how important that is which basically sold everybody. He's like, look, the number two concern on people in this world was how to communicate and have friends and, and influence people and do all that stuff. He was selling his book, but what was the number one concern with all people health? And that's never going to change because uh, you know, it's that saying it's like a man with, um, Oh, I've, I've talked about this before, Carter. Remember there was the, um, a man with, um, uh, poor health or a man with money or something like that. Once oh, yeah, a thousand yeah. things, a man with poor health basically wants one thing. Yeah. Once he gets freaking health back. So I money doesn't that. even matter at that point when you feel I like crap. That, I actually use that saying all the time with people um, because I, I took it from you, obviously. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, the healthy person, right. Wants a million things, a sick person just wants one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, so I, it, it puts I, everything in perspective. And unfortunately, our society, we put off all this stuff. We kick we kick our health can down the road as far as we can because we're we don't want to change because we're we're we have to be honest with ourselves. We're we're addicts and we're food addicts and we're most people are not happy. Seventy four percent of people are not happy in their careers. Um, they're working for money. They don't really at careers they don't want. So many people, it's close to 70% of people are getting divorced. So obviously people don't know what the hell they're doing in relationships either. And it's because this hasn't been taught. Society doesn't teach this. They teach you to be an automaton and a robot. And they would dumb you down and and separate you and separate the family and let the state run everything. So, you know, that's where we're at. So it's really about adults and working class taking back the reins of everything. And I always tell people, if you don't know where to start, start with your health. Start with your health because all boats will rise. And we've seen it. We've seen, uh, I went back to all the commission salespeople and business owners that I coach personally on their health. We didn't talk about finances except for one dude who is a former employee of mine. Other than that, it was just health. And within six months, all those people on average increased their income 21% by getting healthier. I believe way more than covered the investment they, 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 they put in to hire us as coaches. And then some, and I was like, I told Izzy, this one guy's like, dude, I need to raise my rates. <laughs> it's like for your commission people. <laughs> well, this is the best deal on the planet. You're getting healthy and you're making more money. Yeah. I like it. I, I love that too. And, um, you know, so I know we're winding down here. We could go on and on and on. And I know, you know, my great friend, uh, Phil Graham and my co-host who has basically like become my brother, Tim James, we could sit here literally and probably talk about solving the world's problems all day long. Unfortunately, you and Richards don't have that much time on your hands. So um, I want to go ahead and thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. And to be able to see all of our former guests, our great guests, like Phil Graham, the creator of the Beneficiary Liquidity Plan, you can go to our website at www.thehealthandwealthpodcastshow.com and make sure to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Uh, So for my phenomenal co-host, and great friend, Tim James. I'm Carter Wilcoxon, CEO and founder of CSI Finance Group and co-founder of Epic Services Company, wishing you all a very wonderful day and happy Thanksgiving. Phil, I know you got to get going. Thank you so much 
for coming on the show and being a phenomenal guest today, partner. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And Tim, thanks for the health insights too. You're welcome, brother. We're always here. If you need help, uh, you can connect with with me through Carter. And um, I wish you all the best and good luck on your next podcast. Thank you, guys. Awesome. So thank you very much. And until next time, we will see you on the Health and Wealth Podcast Show. Thank you, everybody. Hey, Enrichers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Carter Wilcoxon. And I'm your host, Tim James. And by God, we are committed to helping you guys have fat wallets, flat bellies. So tune in again for another episode and make sure to like, share, and drink a lot of water. Or beer. You have just listened to the Health and Wealth Podcast with Carter and Tim.